Well, this is certainly weird. Do we still have to do the clap? I don't think anybody actually knows what that means, but <laughs> in an alternate of events, I can actually see you right now. Yeah, not not like through a webcam, but in person. There's usually not a video component to this either, but yes, we are in person for the first time in a decade. A decade, yeah. And I I think we used to do video. For... I, don't, I don't think we did because I used to get... <laughs> Because the problem is that I, I can see when somebody's, that's the, the loveliness of uh, an audio only conference or uh, a phone call is that you can't tell when somebody's about to disagree with you mm. or, or more or chiefly, uh, somebody can't see when I'm about to disagree with them. I thought you were going to say when they stop paying attention to you and therefore you know that they're not interested anymore. Oh, no, because that's, that's when the information asymmetries help you out because you can tell when somebody's not paying attention or you can. That's a bit. That's a bit too personal. But <laughs> anyway, so it's fine. Okay, so uh, this is gonna be a little bit disjointed because last week we had not recorded since you had. Um, and again, I still have. It's been a weird week, so I haven't had time to properly workshop the whole um, the better uh, catchphrase for uh, the second housemate mm. um, in your in your household. But that was the one assignment I gave you two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I have I have written the show notes, but I just forgot to put it in the Slack. Um, or did Slack change their uh, their pricing policy and uh, that stuff's hidden now? Who would even know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so last week was our first show back in like three months. And that was a bit of a, of a scattershot. And it was actually very much a, a Ryan-heavy episode, mm-hmm. which, which the fans demand. It's, it's kind of when they... It's the ones they like, yeah. They, they want... They want it's, it's like when they want their solo. They want that movie that's just mm. going to break the... right. The, the the box office records but anyway we got a few things this would be more of a of a, a cleanup episode well there there yeah there was so much to talk about that we decided that we we had to just we had to do it live there's no way we could do this over zoom there's too much sure yeah the, the latency and also the being able to see you part is a little unsettling but it's it's, it's okay how like how meta do we want to be do we want do we want to talk about like our setup right now do we want to sort of like set the scene Given do, that it's such a unique setup, do we want to give out your home address and let, and let him know <laughs> that uh, your dog is very unenthusiastic about listening to this, so that he's gone to the opposite end of the yard? So we 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 had to spend some time prior to recording, like literally figuring out how this was going to work. So, well, I guess so, like taking a step back. So we're outside, mm-hmm. as has been kind of a trend, at least for me recently, recording outside. Because it's very warm on the inside of our house. Slash, I don't think there's anywhere inside my house where we could have the setup that we currently have. Well, but also, how do you feel about your neighbors being able to listen to the show without a technically correct plus subscription, which feels like piracy? It is a little bit like piracy, but we'll call it a neighborly discount. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the? Doesn't Applebee's or one of the restaurants they have like a? neighborhood friendly tagline or something what am i what am i thinking about it's i think it's called uh, so uh one i appreciate it. so so your dog is currently trying to chase its own tail yeah um <laughs> kind of kind of confused about what it should be doing but no but so specifically with applebee's they their uh tagline i believe is eating good in the neighborhood there we go but the yeah. thing with that one is is the reason i know applebee's and this is not funny is that they were most infamous recently for when the ukraine war started uh, CNN uh, broke into live coverage with, uh, like, because you know how the MLB and NFL kind of like pioneered the whole let's keep showing you what's on the field thing, but also let's do some like right. ad breaks where like the 
ads like two-thirds size yeah they did that with an applebee's ad with a, a very midwestern man uh dancing talking about uh five dollar beers and it was uh while ukraine was being invaded so that was definitely a thing yeah you gotta you gotta, you gotta read the room <laughs> which, which is not cnn's strong suit no uh, but um so wait, what, what was applebee's about oh so we're, we're uh so neighbors getting a free listen oh to... yeah well so you know what this week they actually get to hear both sides of the conversation which is different than when normally it's just me out here they can't hear you oh yeah that, that actually seems like they that you should pay them <laughs> I'm not rebroadcasting you like on my Sonos Move or anything when I when I normally record out here. Is that the thing like where like the whole uh, MLB like you cannot retransmit or yeah, like any it, accounts of the game? Can't yeah, be? we're on, we're covered under the same. Yeah, exactly. Um, sure. So so we're in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, we are sitting at opposite ends of my outdoor table from IKEA. From IKEA. Yep. But not not a sponsor from beautiful Emeryville, California, pride of the Bay Area. They should be a sponsor. <laughs> Um, and so you have a, a very, very elaborate setup. So, so you have well, your, <laughs> so here's the thing is that you, again, I appreciate it. So to, to give more, more, uh, color as Jason Snell would say to this event, uh, I got some free pizza out of the deal, but I feel like I had the more elaborate logistical task, which is that, uh, my, your, your audio recording setup is basically just a USB cable over mine in, in, involves, XLR cables and the external audio interface and stuff that I had to tote from the deep bits of the eastern part of San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, I admit that if I knew that you had to bring half your apartment here, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have asked you to 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 do so. So sorry about that. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> um, so, so you so you have your your MacBook Pro, which you'd you'd expect, mm-hmm. and you have your microphone. That's that's fine too. But then, so you have one of the fancy XLR microphones, which yeah. means that it doesn't just plug into your laptop. It's got to go through an XLR interface. A Tascam USB 2x2 two two interface. But the problem that makes it seem overly elaborate is that the uh, the cable that connects the microphone to the thing is part of, like, the arm. Right. So therefore, as I was leaving my apartment, like, oh, shit, this, there's no way to disassemble this. And that was a whole to-do. Yeah, so I I asked you if you had, like, a little desk mount for your microphone and i expected your answer to be no and that you were just going to have to hold your microphone during this which i thought so too yeah i mean maybe not ideal but would be okay but you gave an answer that i had not thought of as my dog is now running back and forth across my backyard (laughs) um that your xlr microphone is like built into your boom arm well, so, the, ca- the cable is, and I don't have a spare because I've never needed to. Right. So, so you've bought brought your entire boom arm, which which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Well, there was so, no other option because even though I think Amazon has same day delivery, I don't think that would have happened within the twenty minutes as I was leaving my apartment. Right. And thought I could both take all the stuff down along with the recycling to my car, which was not really feasible. So, really, outside of your studio display. You basically have your entire home set up in front of you. Uh, I didn't bring the Mac Studio because I didn't think I needed 20 cores for this. <laughs> that computer is so damn good. Um, uh, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, so then my so setup, it, meanwhile, is I have a MacBook Air get out of here. in front of me. I don't need this. <laughs> and it's it's actually not connected to anything. Like there's there's My microphone's not even connected to it. Because I'm doing all the work. You have, right. your, you have your featherweight laptop, and my M1 Ultra computer is doing all the heavy lifting. And you get to have this wireless future that Johnny, I, or what's his name? Uh, who's, who's the one that's not Johnny Ive? 
Schiller, Schiller promised you yeah. when he was lying that the the MacBook One could somehow control everything five well, took, years ago when took, he couldn't. Took a lot of courage for him to say that. Yeah. Um. So so my mic my microphone is just connected via USB to your laptop, which your XLR interface also is, mm-hmm. and then we're using Audio Hijack like we've done for the last couple of episodes that we've used Zoom on, but instead of having Zoom part of the what what does Audio Hijack call it session. Is that what we said it was? Mm -hmm. We're basically using these two audio inputs to record and then also pipe each other's audio back out to each other. Because even though we're sitting, (laughs) what, about six feet apart from each other, um, socially distanced, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, We're we're pretending each of us has COVID. (laughs) Right. we we still want to be able to he- hear each other through our headphones because yeah. you you have like fancy Marco Arment like noise canceling headphones. I just no. have Bose headphones. I know. I just have the again the best over the ear headphones there are, which are the Sony XM threes, and they're they're great headphones and they're noise canceling. I I don't know if that's the norm for podcasting, but yeah, I'm sitting here in front of this elaborate setup with an empty bottle of wine, which feels weird to be honest, but it's it it it's fine. Well, you know, we we wanted to make sure the the show was going to be extra fun tonight, so mm-hmm. the wine got drank prior to recording. Although I don't know what flavor of liquor. This is not Spindrift in front of me. It is Guava Sao Paulo, right? Lacroix, and I don't know what that is supposed to taste like. I have not opened it up yet, but well, it's, it's supposed to taste like guava. I don't know what guava tastes like. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a guava in my life. And I come to think of it, I don't know if I have either. <laughs> So anyway, so, anyway, so yeah, we're, right, so, after 10 years, we're, we're doing this in, in person, which could be either good or bad. Maybe you've already figured out which of those two it is. I think this is fine. I'm, I'm, I'm currently uh, petting a, a moderately enthusiastic dog right now, and he is confused and will probably not last the entire hour and right. 15 minutes this thing is going to be, but right now he's... Having the time of his Br- life, so Branson's in a he's in a mood, I think, as the kids well, would say, because he because he's had some lifestyle changes that he wasn't necessarily ready for. So it's kind of <laughs> like, so Branson is HBO Max, and then mm. so and your your new housemate is David Zaslav, and he and he's he's just changing everything up. That can't that can't be his nickname. You need to you need to keep working on that. I'm not going to call him David Zaslav. That's well, it's also a mouthful. It's, well, and especially if the uh, direction of uh, well, what is it? Is it Warner Bros. Discovery? I think that's the legal name now. I have. They, I, have I think no they idea. shorten Warner Brothers to Warner Bros. Well, it's it's always been that way, but I don't think they pronounce it that way. It's not like Mario Bros. No, I think I think it is. I think the legal name is Warner Bros. I and mean, I think it has a period. Discovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm never gonna watch. Was it called the Real Dragon? What's What's the What's the the Game of Thrones prequel postquel spinoff? Oh yeah, the the real the real dragons. We'll go with that. No, I think it's um the house house of dragon house of dragons maybe sounds sounds. Possible. I don't know how many dragons there are in Game of Thrones. There's three, <laughs> but I don't know if this show's like 200 years yeah. before that, and I'm not I'm not very good with my Game of Thrones lore, so I don't yeah. know how many dragons there are. Are you familiar with Shark Tank? Mm-hmm. Do you know what Shark Tank is called in Canada? No, it's called the Dragon's Den. Hmm. Yeah, so instead of there being sharks and it's Mark Cuban and um, Laurie Grenier, it's it's um, the guy who founded Boston Pizza in Canada. I think I actually prefer Shark Tank. 
versus what? Dragon's Den. Maybe, but but do you have a favorable opinion of Mark Cuban? Uh, it, and and it, I mean, I mean that holistically yeah. as as the Mavs owner, as just a celebrity, and as an entrepreneur. Do you do you generally like Mark Cuban? I feel like I can't answer that question because it's he's so hot and cold. Sometimes I hear him <laughs> interviewed and I like him, and then other times I hear him interviewed and go, "I don't like you." So I I don't know. Well, because his main thing is that uh, whenever I think of him, I just think of him staring at his phone as COVID hit, mm. just like throwing his phone down when he sees that the season's been canceled. Yeah. And you're you're now taking a taking a video. Yeah, you're taking a video. I am because he's 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 very excited for the for the for the head scratches. Mm. He's he's very much doing a sporty. We haven't we haven't sold the uh, the video rights to the show though, so. Well, that's that's what that's what happens again. Like NFL, th- this is how you football. This is how you pot. This is something. <laughs> I uh, so we'll, we'll get to that, but yeah, th- yeah. NFL Plus is a sham. Okay, so I, I got one thing before we start because this is we didn't actually make we didn't we didn't do any pre- preparation for this other than arranging for us to do this. So I don't really. We we, we were so busy scheduling this and then arranging like the the technical setup that it came time to actually start recording and we went oh wait what are we going to talk about that's fine so i have a well i'll send you the link in a minute but so you're um well you've already been a parent but you're you're you're, twice you're you're doubly a parent now Uh right yeah double double parented Uh, double jeopardy okay so (laughs) there is the so i want to know um how old is your oldest child in she's, months? Well, she's she's two and a half, so... 20, 30 months? 30 months, yeah. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. Uh, two, uh, two and two quarters. All right. Um, mm-hmm. So where can she go and see a baseball game for free? Hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know where you're going with this. So I forgot where this came up, but there are apparently across... How many baseball teams are there? 30? Maybe? Something like that. Yeah, 30-32. Every baseball team and baseball stadium has their own child ticket policy. Mm -hmm. So can you guess which... um, Oh, so there's there's four categories here. So I'll I'll go with the easy one. Um, Actually, let's see. Who's the most liberal? So which uh, baseball stadiums allow free admittance to children under four. So the categories are kids under four, kids under three, kids under two, and then teams that do it by height. So who, so kids under Mm. four is the most generous. So if you can name two of the teams that allow kids under four without paying, you win a prize that doesn't actually is in a prize. How many teams are there in total that are in this category? There are only four teams that allow children under four. Four teams that allow children under four. So this is the most generous with their uh, child admittance policies. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say You'd my be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say my hometown Angels are one of them. Nope. Damn it. But close. Padres. No, the Los Angeles. What? What is that? What is the full legal name of the of the Angels? No, they've changed. I, th- I think they're just the Los Angeles Angels now. No, I think I th- they I dropped, think dropped the, the out of Anaheim. I think they did too. Yeah. Okay, so then, so what's the closest to that? Oh, it's the, the the Dodgers. Correct. Oh, that's too. But bad. The, but that doesn't count because you got it wrong. 
So I, I yeah. not not to you know turn the interviewer into the interviewee, but sure. how did tell me you didn't come up with this? Like this is just some article that you found. You're not well, spending yeah, no, your time oh, categorizing no, no, no. major league no, baseball. I, yeah. I assume this came up on. So like we've talked about like Reddit in general is a bad place, right? But there are certain spots that are that are bright spots. So the mm-hmm. the pizza Reddit, uh, the espresso subreddit, um, and the baseball subreddit are wholesome bright spot so i feel like this is where i found it but no but there's a a a, a blog post at ticketcity.com that talks about the child ticket policy so um the four teams that allow children under four uh, are the cincinnati reds the detroit tigers the la dodgers and the st louis cardinals so where what, what do you think is the policy of uh, our um your 2020 uh, your 2012 san francisco giants um, I'm going to say that they do three and under. No, they, they, just like you don't get anything free in the Bay Area, neither do you with the Giants. So free admittance of children under two, two. have not reached their second birthday. So therefore you are paying full boat for your two and a half year old kid. Got it. Alongside the Baltimore Orioles, Red Sox, Oakland A's, the San Francisco Giants, the Rays, the Blue Jays, and the Washington Nationals, formerly the Montreal Expos, uh, will charge you for a children that is for a child that is 2 years and 1 day old. So who does it by height? Very good. Look at it's like we're a professional organization here. <laughs> uh the Chicago White Sox allow children under 36 inches tall. The Kansas City Royals uh in the Midwest you can be shorter, 32 inches tall. The Twins 30 inches tall. The Mets 32, the Pirates 32, the San Diego Padres 36 inches and the Texas Rangers cuz everything is bigger in Texas. 36 inches tall. So do you think these teams have like a contract with Disney or some other amusement park where they partner <laughs> with whatever company makes the, the height checker things? Well, like, that's the thing. So the, the last time I was at the, uh, the giant stadium, they, you know, the Coke slide. Yeah. Yeah. They've got the thing of you, you must be this short to ride the thing. And the opposite, be, you got to be under a certain height. Correct. Yeah. It's, 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 that's kind of like what life is. It's kind of, you're always sometimes hoping to be over the index or you're under, you're, you're over or under indexing. Mm. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's kind of it's it's yeah, it's a du- duality of man. Wow. Anyway. Yeah, we get we get we get deeper on the, these in-person episodes. Oh, anyway, that that was uh very weird, but again, you again have, having children is expensive, so therefore nobody should expect a free ride. <laughs> Except under the inflation reduction act or whatever the thing was called. Right. All right. Follow up. What do we have? I, I was sorry. I I, um, I was pausing because I just realized that I needed to uh, go out and buy so, the the Tesla full self driving package before the uh, price hike went into effect. Mm-hmm. Is it like that's the thing where maybe this is like it's a joke related to NFTs, but I didn't think you could buy something that doesn't actually exist, <laughs> or I didn't know you could charge people for something that doesn't exist. Um, but maybe this, maybe this is like a economy plus or like it's a free legroom thing. But yeah, so full self-driving, which previously was a $10,000 upfront purchase. When did it, when did it go monthly? Well, well I, we've talked about this before, how discussing autopilot slash full self-driving and all the pricing around it is super, super complicated. Mm-hmm. But I, so I guess just focusing on full self-driving. So there originally was only one way to buy it, which is, you know, a single payment, which 
I think has always been cheaper if you bought it like at the time that you bought your car. But wasn't it like there was a time I think like maybe a year before you bought yours where wasn't it only like six thousand dollars? Well, yeah, I think I think when I bought my Model Three back in twenty eighteen, I could have upgraded to it for. It, yeah, it was either six thousand or it might have even been less than that. Yeah, um, but that was back when they had they had two tiers. There was full self driving and there was like autopilot plus. Like there was there were there were enhanced t- autopilot. Yeah, that sounds yeah, right. right. Um, which yeah, I mean that's that's like a whole separate discussion. But with pricing, it used to just be a, like a a lump sum that you could you know pay at the time you bought your car or after the fact, mm-hmm. which has been kind of slowly going up over time for some reason um and then maybe a year ago i don't know if it's been quite that long they introduced a monthly subscription pricing plan where instead of paying a lump sum you could just basically subscribe to those features for a certain number of months and i think it's like it's like 200 bucks a month Mm -hmm. which as a quick sidebar we're actually the conversation around autopilot levels and this overlap is my model three is in a weird state where when i bought it it came with the promise of having all the hardware to support full self-driving but i don't know if you remember but about two years after i bought my car tesla said oh wait just kidding we came out with a newer version of the autopilot hardware wasn't there like a Gen 2, Gen 3 thing? Like yeah, one so of them my, had like an NVIDIA chip and then the other one didn't? Right. So my car, like when you look at the system info and in the dashboard, it says like Autopilot Hardware 2.5. And they're currently on Autopilot Hardware 3. And so for me to go the subscription route, I actually have to pay to upgrade my Autopilot computer, which the cost of doing that is included if you if you just pay the the lump sum fee. So yeah, it's it's a it's a total it's a total mess. And there's been lots of complaints that, you know, people saying, "Well, you sold me this car saying that it had all the hardware to do this, but now I go to subscribe and I think it's like a thousand bucks to upgrade your autopilot computer." Yeah, but that's kind of like saying that you you were given a fork to eat like an endless buffet, but the buffet is actually just air. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's, but, yeah, so it's but, so apparently full self driving currently as of August twenty twenty two is was uh, twelve thousand dollars or two hundred dollars a month, and it will be boosted up to uh, by twenty five percent to fund uh, the legal action to try to not purchase the uh, Twitter company. <laughs> All right. I'm using noise canceling headphones. So I can't tell if there's any noise outside or, or if that's just there. There is some noise around us, but I think both of our microphones. I mean, I I would expect from your like three thousand dollar microphone that it should drop uh, a zero. <laughs> it should cancel out the the noise. Our uh, our friend in the uh, in the control room over here thinks everything's fine. He looks, yeah, looks yeah, yeah. No, he's 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 happy. Um, okay, Disney Plus uh, going on the um, the inflation uh, bandwagon. Uh, Disney Plus is going to introduce an ad tier and is also going to jack up the price of its service, so the ad-free service. And this thing that I've been talking about for a while, which is that the whole boiling the, the princess and the frog thing about Disney is that they they priced it super, super low to begin with. It started at six ninety nine, and I think you specifically 
did something where you paid like two hundred dollars for like some founders membership. Was that is that am I misremembering? No, they you remember that correctly. And I was actually just thinking about this the other day. That's that's actually it's coming up. It was like I prepaid for three years of service up front, and I Disney Plus launched in it was November twenty nineteen, right? I mean, who can remember With back only that a far? Single show, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so yeah, I, I'm. I'm going to lose out on that sweet friend with friends of Disney deal or whatever it was called. <laughs> uh, friends with benefits with my Bob Iger. Okay. <laughs> or what's the what, Bob JPEG? Right. Um, so it's going to go from, I think it was six ninety nine, then it got increased to seven ninety nine, And now it's going to be $11 a month, a 38% increase, which is well above the CPI. Um, so they can't even peg it to inflation. Uh, but apparently they are also going to be introducing an ad-supported version of Disney Plus a la Netflix, which is meant to target $7 a month. Um, anyway, and ESPN Plus will be increasing from $7 a month to $10 a month despite having no content that people want to watch. Do you subscribe to any streaming service where you're only on the ad-supported tier? I, this is awkward. So my, my employer gives me, uh, the Disney bundle. Mm. So, but that means therefore, so I, I get Hulu two ways and I get the shitty version of it two ways. So you get Hulu. So if you subscribe to Spotify for $10 a month, you get Hulu with ads. Mm. I don't know why. And then I also have the Disney bundle, but it's the Hulu with ads. Um, so whenever I do need to watch something that's on Hulu, sometimes it happens to, I like, there's a truck that it falls off of. Hmm. I don't know why that happens, but, um, yeah, I do get the Hulu with ads ad free Disney plus and ESPN plus. I don't know what it honestly has. I I don't, I don't like violence. Therefore I don't like UFC and MMA stuff. And I think other than like college baseball, I genuinely don't know what ESPN plus has. Yeah. I, every streaming service we have is the no ad version because i've i've always found any sort of ad supported streaming service to to basically be unwatchable well but who who's who is that for i mean i guess at that point you would just go without like who's yeah. choosing to say this content is worth eight dollars but not eleven dollars like otherwise just don't subscribe that's the that's the thing is the price difference between the ad supported tier and the no ad tier is generally not that much yeah like yeah. In, in my spotify and disney bundle situation like i'm not going to go pay double for it but if i had the choice to somehow pay an extra three dollars and get the ad free thing i would do that but yeah anyway uh yeah uh inflation price hikes all right a couple other i, I will give a couple of things that are unique to me um so i recently moved and i have been kind of re uh re-implementing my um phillips hue setup there's an app that I'm sure we've made a chef special many times before, which is called iConnect Hue, which is a very, very versatile app that is, and I don't think it's a mess because it is poorly designed, but it's just a mess because the Hue ecosystem is a little bit uh, messy and fraught. Uh, but it's a fantastic app that has 8,000 options, but is very, very good for customizing things, specifically if you have hue phillips hue accessories like um motion sensors and uh dimmer switches but it is still great and the one thing is that you do have to pay for in-app purchases 
by the year like they're like hey we added new features for 2022 so unfortunately Philips redesigned their like classic wall switch to a gen 2 one which is objectively worse the build quality of it sucks but apparently you have to buy the in-app purchase for the 2021 feature set in order to program it and it, and it is whatever like i i i don't necessarily like subscription software that much and i don't want to pay for that but i i it, it's fine that it costs an extra three dollars to use it but i mean it is it is what it is if if for some reason i was given an assignment where i had to choose one app to hold up as a symbol of everything that's both good and bad about smart home stuff i think iConnect you would be the app that i would choose but the problem is that it's it's but it it gets the job done. That's sure, the thing a where lot, <laughs> a lot of smart home stuff gets the job done, but the way that you have to go to get there is so fiddly and unintuitive and requires you to download a third party app not officially made by the manufacturer of the hardware that you're looking to control. But, but, it, but it's not the app that was the problem. I feel I feel like I don't know, like uh, like yeah, I connect you is like a fixer in Washington whereas <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that that I connect to you is such a, a good example of there's there's so much good about it, but it requires so much you know, toying around with and research that you know, no no normal person who's looking to set up their Hue equipment or any other smart home stuff is going to ever dig into something like I connect to. Like that's it iConnect you shows like why smart home stuff is the mess that it is. That's fair. But also Apple keeps pretending that they've solved the smart home thing every couple of years and all they keep doing is re give, giving a fresh coat of paint to that god awful home app. I I so, am kind of excited about the redesign in iOS 16. We'll, we'll we'll get to it but I I literally have no, I, I don't remember or nor like on on the drive over here i was listening to the upgrade draft i don't know anything about the iphone 14 i don't know anything about ios 16 mm. the only feature about ios 16 i'm looking forward to is that it's going to have haptic feedback on the keyboard like gboard and anything else i have no idea about are they is that coming to older iphones too well i guess it must if be they right? somehow people... don't give it to me on the iphone 13 and they say your phone can't vibrate when you press the letter m i'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna drive to Google. No, I think bad news. I think people with iPhone 13s have been testing that as part of the iOS 16 betas over the summer. So yeah. All right, a couple other quick things. So um, there was an episode of a podcast that I don't remember uh, what it was called, but uh, Adam Lissigor of Sandwich Video was on it, and they're talking about a product that they really liked, and they they picked the Sonos Move as their um, product. They hold up as being a very good product. And I'm inclined to agree, but there's a couple things about that. Is I have I, because I, during the pandemic I did a lot of solo road trip travel. I took the uh, Sonos Move with me multiple places, and it was a very, very good speaker. And it's nice that it does the both Wi-Fi and Bluetooth audio type configurations. But also, the one thing that I think is undersold about it is that it has that lovely built-in handle. And it's just a, a very, 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 very nice uh, affordance in a very purpose-built product. Like it doesn't, it doesn't lead to a sleeker device, but it's just very nice. 
But the other thing, the reason I bring this up is that I didn't know. Is there a helicopter overhead? I think it's a, a motorcycle, I guess. Maybe. All right. Um, but I did not know that Sonos actually sold an incredibly elegant battery replacement kit for the Sonos Move, which is priced at $69. Nice. Dollars. And, yeah, it's funny. You're in person. Um, but also, like, it's just, it comes with, like, a little guitar pick to, like, disassemble the product. It's just, it's just, generally when a company gets forced to make something that's repairable, they try to make it as, like, inelegant and unappealing as possible. But this seems very nice. And, I mean, I don't, as, a, as a cool Santa Barbara-based company, I, I, I dig it, and I appreciate what Sonos is doing. I, I applaud the people who use their Sonos moves so much that they actually have to replace their batteries. But the problem is that the, um, isn't the, the, maybe this is just voodoo or this, this is like a holdover from the old days of like bad, like Radio Shack batteries. But since my Sonos move stays on the charging dock, like 96% of the time, isn't that also bad for the battery? No, I think, I think batteries have figured that out or at least i know like with my model three they they tell you to they tell you to leave that plugged in whenever you're not using it and the bad the batteries like i think dynamically like alternate which cells are being charged so that it's sort of like cycling the the battery which i think is kind of like what you're talking about so just saying is the the sonos move has full self-driving if right but the the price of that just went up yeah right um, all right, and then the last bit is that I was going to make this into a larger topic, but I think, and this is inclusive of the Mac Studio and the M1 processor and so many other things, I think the Bit Beats Fit Pro are the best product Apple has made in the past decade. <laughs> I have used them so much. I They are the... They're perfect. I, I I have in the past. So ever since I moved back to the city, I bike twenty five miles a week. I run with all them all the time. The transparency mode that the Beats Fit Pro have, like the AirPods Pro, is perfect. Where you can still be cycling and be aware of your surroundings and have zero latency insight into the world around you but still also be able to listen to a podcast or music like it's the best product apple has made in a decade and i know they didn't fit your ears or you didn't really like them but i I feel like it's a personal failing i don't i don't know (laughs) i i think maybe i don't know if if there's some type of surgery Uh, (laughs) they're they they're perfect and yeah i and and I resent the Powerbeats Pro for existing because they're such bad headphones because they, yeah, they're so chunky. The 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 case of the Powerbeats Pro is the size of a Big Mac wrapper. Like I just I I don't I don't get it. How can the power how can the Beats Fit Pro be so great and every other headphones be so bad? They're they're, they're the best. I know it's great, but I I, I I do disagree, but for a very subjective reason. Like they just didn't, they just didn't fit. fit. Yeah, they didn't fit. But like. I see what you're saying. Like, I mean, I think I even said this when we talked about them a while ago. Like, they make an awesome first impression. Like, mm-hmm. when you, if you're a Beats, God, the names of these things are so good. The Beats, what, 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 what's the ones that we had before that you just said? Pow, the, power, the, the power Beats Pro. Power Beats Pro. Like, they're, right. they're huge. They go over the ear. 
Yeah. And they're and again after three months they stop charging because the case is designed badly. Right. Um like the the Beats Fit Pro very much seem like the newer version of something like the Beats the Power Beats Pro. But yeah, they just didn't fit my ears. But but yeah, no, they they do seem they do seem really nice, and, and people really like them. Like you sent me that Verge article where yeah, and I I was so happy because like somebody like somebody was like they were they were speaking the gospel. They were like like these <laughs> these are the product that nobody knows is that damn good, and yeah, like because the, the, like I will see people running along the Embarcadero like with AirPods, and I'm like, how are these staying in your ears? Who who can exercise with the OG long stemmed AirPods. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I. I you, what are your? Are you using the AirPods? Th- like, what are your go to like video? Co- like, just your standard everyday wireless headphones. The latest gen. The threes. Yeah, the okay. Air, not not the AirPods Pro. The the, the non noise canceling short stem AirPods. Right. Okay. And you and they're, and they're fine. Yeah, I still. <laughs> I still don't know if I like them as much as the first gen AirPods. I still feel like they might not be as comfortable. But do they have the squeezy bits, like it, what, yeah, what's, okay. So that, you, you don't have to do the, like the, the slap your head thing to uh, pause music. Which I, I guess I'm like John Syracuse. I actually prefer like the the tapping, the headphone thing to to pause audio. That I feel like I've mostly gotten used to like the the little squeezy thing mm-hmm. but yeah i still don't think they're quite as comfortable as the original airpods but i, I guess i've just learned to to deal with them they they sound better so yeah. i guess in that way in that way they're an improvement and yeah those are my those are my everyday zoom and all other audio daily needs so i mean, like podcasts when i go for walks and stuff that that's what i use yeah and then the last bit of follow-up we have is this This is something that ugh, came up on the daily this week or last week where there have been some ads. So can, can I mention that the one bright spot of the crumbling economy is that the ad load on the daily and many podcasts has dropped? So there's no I, longer four ad units. It's now two to three sometimes. I, I keep meaning to send this to you in, in our Slack. The only ads that I get on the daily are ads for other podcasts, most of which are, for whatever reason, sponsored by some major corporate entity. There, there's, oh. there's one that I hear that is like... This Made All the Difference by Bank of America? No, it's not that one. It's another one where it's like, it's a podcast that's a part of, I think it's like the LinkedIn Podcast Network. <laughs> sponsored by Verizon. But, but, right, but then the link, yeah, the LinkedIn Podcast Network, which... You would already think is some kind of weird corporate sponsorship is is actually then sponsored by some other company. Well, yeah, it's it's like a, it's like how croissants are twelve layers of firmly pressed dough, like it's or it's like uh what's what's the the Russian thing the the uh the Russian nesting dolls. But the, oh, I was gonna try. I was gonna you saved me because I was gonna say the the Russian word. I think it's a mestroika doll, something like that. But yeah, it's a, it's 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 a podcast ad within an ad within an ad. But I don't really understand why Bank of America or LinkedIn or whoever is involved with these podcasts because they're it's not like the one that Bank of America is sponsoring is about banking. It's it's about I don't even really remember what that is. I usually just kind of tune out. 
Uh, bank. Uh, I I know what it is. Uh, Bank of America branded podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna use your gigabit fiber internet. Uh, mm. So it it so no that is so it's called the podcast is called this made all the difference, and it's sponsored by Bank of America and it's talking to visionaries about what they did and the pivotal decisions they made in their life. But are, so are they who, like subliminally trying to get me to switch my banking to Bank of America? Like I don't. Well, why they, is Bank they, of America involved? Well, because. Bank of America is the, the the paragon of agile capital for American innovators. <laughs> okay. Um, it's and, and the same thing as there was, um, I think there used to be, called, I think it was called like Insights by Goldman Sachs. Like every, and I think Accenture, like so many big bullshit finance, sorry, neighbors. Uh, <laughs> like it just are making, like that's, I guess that's the one upside of, of a possible recession is that they there won't be that, excess capital to just throw a hundred thousand dollars at making a vanity project podcast that doesn't because who who is who is listening to a podcast like this and being like this is this is hard-hitting stuff by an objective source because it's a thing from a major finance corporation and it's specifically for the purposes of advertising i don't know yeah i guess yeah the, the thing that i'm sort of concerned about like not to make this too serious but like I mean the 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 daily is like the world's most popular podcast. Or it's one of them. At one of them, right? So isn't isn't that kind of concerning in terms of like the health of the podcast ecosystem? That one of the world's most popular podcasts really can only get ads for other podcasts. I think it's just whoever will pay the most, and currently that is that type of thing. Like it, for me, for me, the more concerning part is that because we we talked about this when the podcast or when, when the daily started going to a four ad unit load thing where they had the thing of you had the pre-roll ad, you had the mid show ad, you had the ad right before the, here's what else you need to know today. And then you had the post show ad. And frequently I am not getting a pre-roll ad and I am not getting a ad before the, here's what you need to know today. So, and there are a lot of like, so the, the wall street journals, the journal podcast, I frequently get no ads. Like I, I, the podcast advertising ecosystem is i feel like it's going through a time right now yeah Yeah. it's funny i i don't think i've ever not gotten a pre-roll ad on the daily Mm -hmm. at least since they've started doing them but i i would say half the time or so there's one of the ads in the middle is missing yeah or or it's not that missing it's just no longer being shoved in there yeah 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 they got the, the daily it used to just have what one ad in the middle, right? And that was it. Oh, sure. But also, it used to be Michael. Yeah. Uh, we talked about this offline, but uh, Natalie is great. They've they've had some fill in. We've no, I won't say we. We I've talked about the fact that I'm not a fan of uh, Sabrina when they made her mm. a, 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 a a halftime host. She's great at people interviews, but the the regular daily hosting it 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 doesn't seem like it's a fit. But no, but they the most common uh, alternates that they've been doing, which is they had a stead for uh, a, a decent run, and then uh, Kevin Roos he hasn't been on there for a while, but he had like he had like a solid week where he was filling in. Yeah. But recently, Natalie Kitcherov has been doing a lot of episodes, and she's great. She's got a good even even tone balance between like serious gravitas, like good interview. Like no, she's great. Yeah, I I, I hope she gets more fill-in duties she, she's been good um one thing the daily did recently that really stood out to me is they they did that episode on um the boy scouts and girl scouts 
I see, that one was a kids one, so I skipped it. Mm. Uh, I thought it was a good episode. But the, what was interesting about it, I mean, outside the, the subject material, is that it was largely an episode that they originally did all the way back in 2017, the first year that the show was on. Mm-hmm. And then they were basically like revisiting it with some updates that, that have occurred recently. And so a, lo- a lot of the episode was the original recording from back in 2017. Let's just say that the the Daily is much more produced <laughs> in 2022 than it was back in 2017. Is it an, was it an audio quality thing or was it a... Yeah, audio quality and just, just, you know, like now you don't even like, you don't think about it now because it's just part of the show, but like... There's a lot of music and there's 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 just there's a lot of audio engineering that goes into an episode of the Daily now, which didn't exist five years ago. Do you forget the ads on the Daily about the music on the Daily? Yes. Yeah, I get that one a lot. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. That's it. That's the other thing about the Daily is not only is it there's, other there's, podcasts, there's a lot of house ads too yeah, yeah. for the New York Times. I think probably every day at least one ad that I get is trying to get me to become a new york times subscriber which i already am how do you oh yeah how do you how do you not already know and also there's that one ad for the there's a there's an in-house new york times podcast called first person which i have zero interest in and is is the i get i get an ad every day for it yeah yeah uh, i think somehow i forgot why we talked about that but there this was the point of, of nfl plus so yeah anyway uh, th- oh yeah the nfl plus has been an advertiser on the daily for multiple days over the past couple of weeks and NFL Plus One, we'll, we'll maybe get to it. I, I don't. I don't know how long we've been talking. Let's go over to Audio Hijack. Forty-six minutes. Um, NFL Plus is an over-the-top service, which gives you. So there's a service that I won't talk too much about that used to be partnered with a mobile carrier in the United States that gave you basically the same stuff which was thursday night games local games in your market on your smartphone or tablet and many and game condensed game replays which is basically exactly what nfl plus is that's existed for five years they just stopped doing it and they've now repackaged it into something else and i have no idea how much nfl plus costs but it's yeah i i i don't i don't really get it it feels like they should just focus more on whatever the future is going to be of sunday ticket and put all their energy behind that because i don't know who who a seven dollar a month bolt-on ott service is really who who's that's moving the needle for well i think i think this is just taking all of the rights that otherwise haven't been sold or you know aren't a part of something like sunday ticket and just trying to get something for them but why not just roll that, fold that into Sunday Ticket and just one, make one? Because well, extra- isn't one of the main things of NFL Plus you get to hear, like, the radio broadcasts of games? Like, that's not going to fit in Sunday Ticket where you're sitting in front it's, of a TV. I, I have no idea because I'm not a football fan. Do people—like, I, I know people have an affinity for baseball announcers and that type of stuff. Do people listen to football on the radio and do they care? I maybe question mark. Um, but I, I, in any case, I, I do think this is just an example of the NFL having a bunch of media rights that probably don't really make sense to sell individually. So they've kind of just like packaged them together and, and put something together, which I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious if there's going to be more of that as companies are thinking about 
their streaming strategy and just kind of their overall like media rights strategy if we're going to see more of companies trying to like squeeze every dollar of every form that you can consume their content maybe but didn't i feel like so so one there's a whole thing of where apple tv struck a big deal with mls right so that so soccer actually made a very straightforward deal with apple it's like that that was was one of the least complicated sports rights deals and then who who's the is it bob mansfred bob mansfield for the MLB, yeah. Yeah. Didn't he say they were trying to figure out, like, they understand that they have their legacy media rights partnership stuff, like, all tangled up, but that they were going to try to find a way to unencumber that and realize that they need to do more with making a straightforward way to pay for games outside of the cable and RSN model. Yeah, but I think I think that was sort of caveated with the same kind of language that, like, Bob Chapix used when talking about ESPN, which is... There's just there's too much money in that the RSN stuff right now to to get away from that and that yeah. it's not going to make sense to try and go with like a streaming only package or like an over the top service until that equation changes which I think everybody sort of acknowledges it will mm-hmm. it just hasn't happened yet yeah yeah and and, and I don't follow basket I, I only follow basketball when it's the when it's the playoffs so I I have no idea what they're league pass and over the top strategy is but i feel like they're actually probably the ones that are most interesting to watch because they're in terms of revenue or revenue opportunity is second in line like football is dominant but baseball and soccer are a distant third and fourth yeah yeah anyway actually so i don't i didn't actually read this article so the sports well i I, this is probably more related to apple and amazon's push towards trying to acquire streaming rights was it not well i i mean yeah i think that's a part of it but the the general idea is that and i mean this is the beat that we've been on forever even outside of sports just sort of streaming in general that you know, people thought these over-the-top services were going to be this, like, ideal way to watch TV and to get away from the bloated cable bundle. Oh, but, we, but we've been calling bullshit on that for, yeah. for a decade. But, what, but we, what we've all realized now is that having all these different streaming services is actually just making watching TV Worse. more complicated and, in most cases, more expensive than the traditional cable bundle. And I think sports is the best example of that because it's one thing to have a tv show that you watch you know instead of watching it on a linear cable channel you've got to figure out which streaming service to subscribe to to watch it like that's one thing it's a different thing if you're a sports fan and follow a particular team and then over the course of a season have to figure out you know which four different streaming services you need to subscribe to in order to watch the Friday night game or the game that's on national TV versus your local broadcaster. Well, I mean, that, that's the thing where in, in the old days or like, no, I mean, when we were kids, like you occasionally an episode, uh, an episode, uh, a game would be happened to be on was it was a national game. So it was on ESPN. But otherwise, you always knew that the Sunday game was going to be on Channel 11 at like right. probably sometime in the afternoon. But now you have to know 
oh, does my Roku support the Facebook Watch app so I can watch the one game a season that this weird tech company has bought the rights for as an experiment to try to get people to do whatever the fuck and try, to try to get an account? Because that's the other thing where, like, I, I forget who was saying, but like, the, like maybe it was like a, a Recode Media thing, but the reason why Friday Night Baseball and Apple TV Plus is still a free service is that they want people to have an Apple ID so that that way when there is more content on it that you already have an account and you're more likely to have a credit card tied to you. Like, it's just all this weird stuff where nobody has the motives aligned with what the consumer actually wants. And, like, we're not really in a moment where people are going to fight back. But 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 the current transitional period sucks. Like, yeah. it just... It it's not fun or good. Well, and, there, and there's all, there's almost like two parts to the problem. the The first part is just figuring this all out, like sitting there figuring out, okay, you know, here's here's my team's eighty two games. You know, these games are going to be on this service. Those games are going to be on that service. But then, even if you do have all that pieced together, then there's the cost of it. Like we've talked about this on the show before. Like I ran into this with the Sharks last season, where this was the first season where Turner and Disney had the the rights to NHL. They bought bought those from NBC. And as part of that, some of the Disney rights involved exclusively broadcasting certain regular season games on ESPN Plus. So there would be Sharks games where the only way to watch them was on ESPN plus so, so like you, they were they were they were not broadcast at all on the local so even though you had youtube tv that still wasn't enough right because the games were not broadcast at all on um our local nbc you know bay area sports network channel i mean and, and not that they would care but i mean the teams don't care that like they're addressed like that the, the target audience or the amount of people who could real realistically watch it if they wanted to is one tenth of what it used to be. Like, I mean, right. I, I feel like they, they, I mean, ultimately it's about the money, but like that doesn't make them, but, but that's like it, 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 but it is about the money, but like that, that cuts both ways in the sense that like I knew some of these Sharks games were only on ESPN Plus, but I don't have ESPN Plus. And it's like, do I really want to subscribe to that, you know, just to be able to watch these handful of Sharks games, you know, each season? And then I guess maybe there's a third part of this too, which is, a lesser thing but it's still kind of a thing which is like these these nhl espn plus games were produced by espn so it's it's not your local broadcasters it's whatever mm-hmm. broadcasters espn chooses which you know are not the same as having your your local broadcasters who you know you generally like and in the case of the sharks i like so it, for for a variety of different reasons sports viewing in this streaming age is just complicated more expensive and no good with the exception of picture quality picture quality generally is better on these services especially with espn plus and those nhl games those 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 looked really nice and you, you know me and my uh my view of uh picture quality on on tv I remember you springing for the extra $10 to watch the Olympics and in, in 4K. 4K. Yeah, that was nice. I think it's actually an extra 20 bucks a month, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a thing in here, but I can't find it anymore. Maybe maybe Slack already neutered our, cha- our, our free team. There was a billboard as I was driving from, uh, from Berkeley back to the city where they were 
they they bought a billboard to welcome i think their new general manager or is his name not Kane, but there, there was some big thing about they were they're making a big to do about welcoming in the new era of leadership with the sharks and i don't know who that was oh uh-huh Interesting. yeah who, who's that who who bought the rights to the billboard no no who who's who's the new gm or who's the new person somebody new joined the sharks that's not well, a player they, yeah no they they have a new gm and a new coach yeah which one's more important um, well, I mean, the, the GM is the one who picks the coach, so I guess the GM. Well, but wait, who, well, except, like, I mean, if you, if you bring it into Giants parlance, I don't know who the the GM of the Giants was, but I knew Bo- Bruce Bochy. Well, public facing, it, public facing, it's going to be the coach, but I think like if, if you want, if you want like an org chart of a team, it's like <laughs> the owner <laughs> is the top, the top, and mm-hmm. then the general manager reports to the owner and then, you know, the, the coach and Basically, everybody else on the team is answerable to the GM. Yeah, what are the what are the coaches' OKRs? <laughs> um, what's the um, wait? So so you, so who's the new guy on on the Sharks? Uh, I'm so bad with names, I forget. Uh, hey Siri. Right. Oh, uh, it's it's um, it's yes. actually coming to me. Mike Mike Greer is the new GM. Um, maybe. I feel like that. I, I no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's the name that I was thinking. But anyway, all right. Well, anyway, cool. Good, good for him. Maybe, maybe he can fix their uh, Evander Kane problem. Is he the one who 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 uh, fraudulized a COVID? Card? Well, that's that's currently in uh, arbitration. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. New business. Wait. Well, like, okay. I I think that f- covered the sports streaming thing. What was the other? Th- anyway, yeah. So big big tech, whatever. I I don't I don't entirely understand or know Amazon's ambitions with sports because it sounds like they are not in the running for Sunday tickets. So I don't really, I actually don't know what does Amazon really hold the rights for anything other than like Thursday football games. Like, do they have anything meaningful? That the Thursday night football is their big thing, and it, that is that's kind of a big deal. Like, but isn't it, it still? But isn't or is it different this year? But wasn't it always? The Thursday Night Football games were sure it was available on Amazon Prime Video, but it was also just available on NFL Network. Is it no, have they finally made it where you can only watch it on Amazon? Correct. So they're exclusively on Amazon and they're they're being produced by Amazon. So Amazon hired Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet, I think is the other guy's name. Like two pretty (laughs) famous like sports announcers. Like they, they've hired them. Could be be 100% made up. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, these are fully Amazon produced, exclusively on Amazon. I think with one kind of asterisk to that, which is, I think if it's your home team playing, the broadcast is also available, like on your local, you know, like Fox or CBS sure. affiliate. But I think outside of that, if it's just two other teams playing, the only way to watch the game is on Amazon. You're not required to know this, but is do you have to be logged into Amazon? Like, if you just go to Amazon.com on a Thursday night, can you watch the game, or do you have well, to have, you have a Prime to be, account? You have to be a Prime subscriber, yeah. Because because it, it's part of it's part of Prime Video, which you only yeah. get by being a Prime subscriber. I feel like that's too much work. Like, do 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 you write? I mean, I, I, well, it'll be you know. I mean, that's that's sort of like. I mean, this is the first time this is being done, at least with the NFL. So it's good. This is going to be really interesting to see. If it works, can you sponsor a thing where we just fly to I- uh, Iowa and just talk to me? I just want to know, like, what, like, do your average 
no, people who have an absolute like just the national mean level of familiarity with like tech stuff like does anybody care about about this the, the one well the, the the one thing that is probably hard to separate out is i'm assuming people who watch thursday night football are the ones who are you know generally a little bit more like i don't know like plugged into the NFL or like just more well, avid fans who would maybe be willing to kind of jump through the well, hoops to figure the, it out. It used to be all Sunday games and then in the 90s ABC made Monday Night Football which then eventually became an ESPN property and Thursday Night Football is a is a product of the 2010s, right? That's it's it's relatively new. Yeah, yeah, they used to I think I think when they first started it and yeah, it wasn't that long ago. It was like they had you know, four or five Thursday night games across a season. And then at some point, just in the last handful of years, it became like an every week thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is relatively new. Yeah. The troubling part of this in-person setup is that you can watch me write down the show titles. Oh, is that what you were doing? I actually, I didn't even, I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah. Huh. All right. Uh, let's keep it moving. All right. So, HBO Max is a little bit of a mess right now. Um, so th- th- there's mul- multiple facets to this. So um, one, Elmo's crying because they have removed, <laughs> and also pro- probably probably your kids, they have removed 200 episodes in, 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 co- in a ruthless cost-cutting scheme by uh, media magnate uh, David Zaslov. Uh, they have given up the rights to 200 episodes of Sesame Street as well as they like a lot so this is the, this is the part that frustrates and and makes me confused is that when you think about HBO Max and and what what was the th- was it what was the original like you had HBO as part of cable and you had you could watch everything that HBO ever made was that HBO Go No I think that was cuz the- now was the one that was OTT it, no, no, no. I think I think HBO. No, no. Actually, no. You're right. Yeah, HBO Go was what they started bundling in. If you got A HBO, yeah. yeah. And then HBO now was that you didn't have to have cable, right? Which is confusing because you would think because like, you want to go now. <laughs> Why well, does I would I would think HBO Go? I don't know. Um, but, but but I guess my point is was the the big value of that was always you were just like oh well. I could watch this terrible show called Entourage and I could, I could see Kirby enthusiasm sometimes, but also now there's this new fancy service where everything HBO has ever made is on here in a really accessible way. And that's an HBO max. Well, I mean, that's just HBO, but to the max, like it's got the biggest screen and it's got an extra camera lens like that. That's what it is. But now they are actually taking away. Like, I guess, I don't know if it's music licensing rights or what the deal is, but like, they're just like straight up just being like, hey, this this show that HBO made and produced is just no longer available on HBO Max, which makes no sense because like, I, I don't have the article in front of me, but I think it was on um, The Verge. It, it was like on like Deadline or like The Hollywood Reporter, but they're like, oh, there's these b- b- moderately popular HBO things and we're just not going to have them available anymore because of whatever reasons. And like that makes no sense just because that's that's kind of isn't like maybe I misunderstand the product. Uh, pro, uh, value proposition but that's what the hbo max is it's it's the entirety of the hbo library plus some extras and in the david zaslov post att 
like era, like there, what was the thing? So you had a, so there was the, the Verge article, which you'll put in the show notes. It was very good. But then you also had a thing where they were quote, I forget who was quoted, but, um, I think the thing I sent you was from this Verge article, which is why well, no, I was if I don't know it. who they're quoting, but the, the quote you pulled out of here was, if David Zaslav had his wish, he would just program Chip and Joanna all day long, one unnamed executive told the Daily Beast. Which kind of sounds like, one, I souring on Chip and Jojo a little bit just because every time I go to Target, that, that hearth and hand section is always mm. very, it, very untouched, and it's taken a big amount of space in, in the center of the centerfall Target. But, like, I just... I I I understand that discovery, like you have the choice between extremely expensive, highly produced content, and and I'm not talking about I'm not talking about fixer upper, but but filler crap. Like the 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 thing that like discovery and HGTV content and Food Network, it's not costly, and in terms of the amount of viewing hours. Like if you the value proposition, like it's it is the economic equation is so much in favor of just making more episodes of Ninety Day Fiance and cheap home renovation shows, so it makes total sense. But that's not what HBO is, and I just don't. It, I get it, but I don't like I I then then just change the name of it. Like I I I I I, I don't know. Yeah, there, there's, there's, this Verge article is a really good read, so it'll, it'll definitely be in the notes, and it's, it's, it's a good read because it's full of really kind of alarming <laughs> quotes about the potential direction of Warner, which it, I, I don't know, I remember, I don't remember if we were recording when we were talking about this, but the, the legal name of this new company is Warner Bros. with a period discovery. Um, the direction of this company is it's kind of scary like like a couple of quick quotes here uh zaslov's goal is to craft a company that can make money hand over fist by catering to the largest possible audience with a predictable and cheap slate of content and zaslov is turning off the content spigot and reorienting the company into something much more fiscally and potentially culturally conservative which, I mean, put aside the the last part about potentially <laughs> becoming more culturally conservative. That's a whole other thing. But the, but you're right. Like HBO has been defined by its focus of on on quality content, and so if that's not what it's going to be anymore, then what is it? Well, and, and that's the thing that. Um... Peter Kafka on the Recode Media podcast it had uh, heavily discussed and there was like a, a pretty strong narrative through line about it of in the original HBO Max era under AT&T's stewardship people would complain that AT&T wasn't they were investing a lot of money but they weren't investing enough to beat the Netflixes of the world and were they spending enough because they because under HBO Max, they had the HBO proper shows, which were still going to end up on cable, and they also had the H. They called the Max Originals, and they had several because, like, I think uh, there's a show that was fairly well received called The Flight Attendant, that was a Max Original, and they had many things like that. And people were worried, well, like, how much is Peacock spending, and how much is HBO Max spending, and how, like, is this enough to compete with Amazon and Apple TV and um, Netflix? 
and people didn't think H, uh, AT&T was spending enough, and that's why AT&T had to spin off that product. But now, under the discovery stewardship, and it just feels... I understand economically why it's happening, but the discovery scripts network being the lead economic entity behind a combined HBO max product. It just feels weird. Cause that's, even though I understand they're in a better financial position in terms of like brand cachet and, and that type of thing, like it just doesn't, it doesn't seem to make sense. And if you're going to continue to call the, pro- like, do, do we have a name for what the combined product is supposed to be called? Is it still going to be called HBO Max? I, I think that's what they've said. Yeah, but if you, if it if it if it's if it's neutered of all the whatever essence makes it that product, and it's basically just HGTV wraparound with a bunch of cheap ancillary content, is that what that is? I just don't know how consumers are going to respond to that. I I I don't know. Like I I get it that HBO like they're spending. 15 million dollars an episode on the red dragon or i'm, I'm not even making a joke i don't know what the show's called but but the, the game of thrones prequel postquel spinoff thingy i don't i don't know what it is but like if that's like if you're gonna spend on that in succession and then everything else is just gonna be like flip this house like i don't that's not a cohesive product yeah there 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 is that problem which is kind of specific to warner brothers discovery which it is it is just kind of a weird hodgepodge of content there is sort of another issue though which sort of applies to all of the different streaming services which is i i I, and this would be the thing i guess you could say in zaslov's defense maybe which is that this is sort of the reckoning that every streaming service is going to have to have at some point where this land grab to try and get as many subscribers as possible and and doing that by just throwing ungodly amounts of money at content and content production like that's going to have to slow down at some point it does but i don't feel like it has to be this drastic or without as much direction as it feels like the hbo max discovery realignment is yeah i guess there's an element of how severe the cuts are and i guess the other thing that's interesting too is like comparing warner brothers discovery to something like apple tv plus or amazon prime video too that's going to be a weird dynamic too where like apple and amazon are going to have no problem continuing to spend ungodly amounts of money because a well, because they can and b they're not, not trying to make money yeah it's, it's not their core business right where, where that's all discovery is yeah so like that that's going to be something that's going to have to shake out with all this too is like as the warner bros discoveries and paramounts and you know nbc universals and these media companies as they maybe start to slow down spending on their streaming services how is that going to then compare to like amazon prime video and apple tv plus where maybe they just continue to spend like they are today i mean and and they're less diversified in the sense that like disney for all the stuff that you can talk about with the pandemic and and in uh the bobs like in kind of like Iger's legacy and chapek and everything they still have the parks department stuff where that revenue with God for, the Godforsaken uh, Genie Plus and the whatever the replaced FastPass stuff, like they're finding a way to nickel and dime people who have this pent up demand for travel, and they have that diversification of income stream to the point where Netflix 
in San Francisco has two stupid things right now called the Stranger Things experience and the Bridgerton experience, where they're just trying to get additional revenue out of people to go visit an in-person experience to try to parallel what Disney gets with theme parks. Hmm. Whereas Discovery and Peacock, like there there is nothing else. Like yeah. it's 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 kind of a rough time for everybody, but like it's just I don't know. Wasn't isn't that gonna be funny if this whole streaming setup that we have ends up being not only bad for consumers, which is what we were talking about earlier well, and have been talking about forever, but like what if it ends up being bad for the media companies too? Well, like, of course it is. Because yeah. the the amount of money people everybody's total spend on and are like people are just trying that that's been the whole false narrative about this whole thing is that everybody's trying to pretend that hey as a consumer, I have mentally prepared myself that I'm going to spend $110 on entertainment and I have come to the conclusion that I am going to cut the cord and somehow shave that down to $50. And we've talked about that being a fool's errand the entire time. So now you're just spending $120 across seven different services that you didn't actually want. And now all those services are trying to give you less for what you actually had and also sell you a ticket to the Bridgerton experience. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the the revamped uh, HBO Max Discovery Plus product will be launching to, uh, summer 2023. That's right. They did say that. I don't know what Jurassic World is. What is this? Um, so this is another streaming topic that I guess is a, like a little more like personal, but it is also just sort of like a good example of where things are going more like on the movie side with streaming. So Jurassic World Dominion is the third Jurassic World movie. It's about voting machines. <laughs> nice. Um, and I guess the personal part of it is that it, so it came out in June. Okay. Which was, you know, shortly before... Um, in, in theaters or streaming? Only in theaters. Okay. Um, which, you know, was a time where the lady friend and I were not really ready to, to go into theaters because we were, you know, expecting a kid any day. And so this was a movie that we were, you know, really looking forward to, you know, looking forward to seeing. <laughs> and it was kind of the first movie that was only coming out in theaters, you know, during COVID that, that we were excited to see. And so we, we, you know, we didn't see it um, when, they, when it was originally in theaters. Um, but then I guess a little bit more broadly as well, this was NBC Universal's sort of first big theatrical release you know, since the start of COVID. Like, this movie was actually in production during, you know, March 2020, of course, got shut down, and they were one of the first big productions to to come back. So they, they set up a bubble in, like, London, I think, and, and finished filming it. Okay. Um, and so there was kind of, there was a question that I had, and then a question more broadly as well, about sort of, like, what NBC's strategy was going to be with this movie because they they released it exclusively in theaters and then they they also had said it was going to come out on peacock at some point but they didn't really put specific dates behind that or say if there was going to be anything like in between that you know it being in theaters and coming out on peacock and what they ended up doing was exciting for me and kind of i think interesting in general which was they kind of just surprised everybody it was like two or three weeks maybe it was three weeks after it came out in theaters they basically just tweeted on a monday morning saying hey 
this movie's going to be available to buy on iTunes, etc. this Friday. And so, like, for us, that was awesome because, like, three or maybe maybe it was like four weeks, three or four weeks after the movie originally came out in theaters, we were able just to buy it for 25, 30 bucks and watch it at home in 4K. And it was, well, the movie was not all that great, but um, <laughs> the, the surprise behind it and the experience of it was, um, it was interesting. Because we, we've talked about, like, you know, that Matrix movie that came out, like that. Which was, was also no good. Which was also, yeah, so-so. Um, you know, that was sort of a, and that was a slightly different experience because that was available on HBO Max from day one. And that was, you know, set way ahead of time. So I kind of, you know, knew that was going to be the case. But with this, you know, Jurassic World movie, it was only in theaters, didn't originally see it in theaters and, you know, waited for it to come to home streaming, which it did, you know, more quickly than I expected it to. Um, and I I guess the the thing that's similar between The Matrix and this is that I guess I'm still kind of torn, like in terms of was it a better experience or not? Because I, and maybe this is just nostalgia and the fact that I haven't been to a movie theater in so long, but I don't know. There, there is something to the excitement behind going to see a movie on opening night in a theater and like, you know, making a full date night of it the experience of a of a sticky floor and having well, that's, to listen that, to other people that's on their, sort on their phones. of yeah, yeah no i mean that's why i caveated it with well maybe yeah. this is just a bunch of nostalgia cuz i mean don't get me wrong like it is pretty sweet to be able just to start the movie whenever you want to the, sitting on your I, couch i totally understand your point cuz i i have never been a big movie person but i do and this is probably more of an attention the the attention problems that i have is that if you're like you're just physically in a different place, you don't have the comforts of home where it kind of it's it's a purpose built destination of you have left your house and you were going to go spend two hours watching this thing that you were excited about and y- you have made a point to do this thing, and that's different than knowing you can just hit pause and go about your life because you got an email like you're 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 in a place for a thing and you've you're economically invested like that that makes that makes absolute sense yeah. Um, I guess, but my question about the dress is so like in the hindsight, like with hindsight being 2020, was this because it wasn't doing well? And like, was, was there ultimately a reason behind why they released this way? Was it doing poorly in the, it was doing, it was doing really well in theaters. I think they just, I think they were just kind of experimenting to be honest. Well, cause well, cause wasn't the thing that what's, what's the guy's name? The guy who used to run Hulu. No, you're asking the wrong person. The guy who everybody was mad at because he made the entire slate of Warner movies. Oh, I, I know who you're talking about. Oh, but Jason, I don't... Jason Kylar. Right. Yeah, where like his whole thing, like everybody, like uh, uh, consumers loved him because they, they got uh, they got 12 movies for the price of $15 a month. Um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, were they trying to channel like his vibe or whatever? Well, no, I don't think so because the stat isn't the stat like movies make 90% of their theatrical Within like six weeks or something. Well, I think it's I think it's less than that. It's like mm-hmm. in the first three weeks or something. So I I, I think Maybe. this this Jurassic World came out to buy, you know, on iTunes and stuff after that window, but it but still a pretty short window. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it was I, it was kind of a it was kind of a cool a cool experience, and it was actually I mean it was even extra kind of neat for us is because I missed the original announcement, and you'll appreciate this part of it. Um, um, 
the what we, we so we haven't come up with a name for the for the the the, the newest housemate. So the 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 housemate that's been here two and a half years. She um she watches a, sh- a show which you which you got to see part of this evening. Um and we that we this bought is that. so absurdly vague. <laughs> <laughs> we we bought that on um iTunes you know forever ago and. We, so ostensibly, we, it's an HBO property, which people can deduce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, we so we were in the the TV app, <laughs> and there was just like a big banner for Jurassic World, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's random," and just clicked into it, and it was like, "Oh, you know, now now available for for purchase," and now that, that was literally like on on a Friday, and we like watched it that night. So you're trying to watch a kids' show. And you, you suddenly got a violent movie about dinosaurs. Well, we, we, we waited for her to go to bed. She uh-huh. didn't watch it. Yeah. All anyway, right. so it, it's, I don't know. It, I guess maybe the, the takeaway from all that is the future of theatrical is going to be interesting to see. And I I guess the, the part that I, I don't quite know the answer to is like, if a move, like, well, it's not really a matter of if, it's just when. When a movie that I'm, similarly excited to see as i was this jurassic world movie comes out in theaters and you know let's say that happens next year when i'm you know more in a place where i'd feel okay going to a theater like if i know that i can instead just watch it at home three weeks later like what like what will i do i don't know what would you have done if the better call Saul finale was only available in theaters i'd go see it in theaters but I was world. more, but I was more excited about that than Jurassic World. I still haven't watched it a second time, and I feel like I really need to. Me too. Yeah. I guess that that that's sort of like for me. I mean, it's probably like Star Wars. Like Star Wars, I probably would go see in theaters. And in in your hypothetical example, some kind of you know Better Call Saul thing. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't know. Well, maybe I would just wait the three weeks and watch it at home. Mm-hmm. Better call Grogu. <laughs> Gonna write that down. Uh, all right, we we are at an hour twenty, so let's let's start putting this up. So something I was it's related to a moving thing that I've been holding off on for a couple episodes. So I got what? Which Roomba do you have? I have the i seven, and so. I guess it's well, I guess it's the i seven plus because it comes with the. Because you could buy the i7 with just the vacuum, but then the i7 Plus came with the self-emptying bin, which which I have. Gotcha. So as a treat to myself when I when I moved, I I got treat, myself treat yourself. Uh huh. I this was on a Memorial Day. Sp- I have no idea. The whole thing where we 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 use American holidays to sell things for cheaper. Uh, I think it was a Memorial Day hol- holiday combined with. Uh, the uh, the Bed Bath and Beyond Beyond Plus membership, which gives you a perennial twenty percent off coupon. I bought myself a Roomba J7 Plus, which is just a. It's basically the same thing, but it's just they made it sleeker. Like the the uh, self emptying dock thing is just not as tall. Like it just looks slightly nicer. I got it, and it's it's a, a quick product review, I guess. It's nice ish. Um, it's a lot quieter than the Roomba 690 that I had before. It's more intelligent, but also equally dumb. Like it's it's. Do you do you ever? I I assume you when you just got it, you probably did. But do you ever watch it work? Mm-hmm. 
so it's it's much more the the uh, the Roomba 690 is was an old model, but it was very much just the I'm not even going to go in a straight line. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bounce into walls. And I'm gonna do it's eventually maybe your floor gets clean. Cool. The J7 is much more intentional about going in like exact lines, but also but it's also not that smart. Like I I when I watch it, I'm always like. Oh wow, you're doing a really good job. And then it will it'll just go like full speed into a wall and I'm like, "Wait, what happened to all your sensors and stuff?" But it it doesn't do it. They yeah, the, um iRobot, I I don't know if this was at the same time as the J7 coming out or if this was a, a separate update, but at at some point relatively recently, they came out with like a big platform update where they mm. changed a bunch of different things, including the way that your robot goes about cleaning individual rooms like it, mm-hmm. it it made it much more intentional where it wasn't just like random but i think even in the app now you can actually room by room specify like the pattern that you want it to go in Ooh. Okay. like I, I so i i haven't really messed with it but I, I think that's something that they've added so that i haven't looked at because i'm not used to a Roomba that can clean room by room so mine offered me it sent me a push alert saying hey we have a map of your apartment and somehow it turned my 600 square foot apartment into a five bedroom <laughs> amazing place that I, I don't know where where it figured that out from i it, it found rooms i didn't know i had but yeah it's the thing that it freaks me out or that i think is interesting is that i've the, i've never experienced a Roomba that will st- keep moving but stop vacuuming so it'll it'll just get real quiet and it'll it'll just start moving like just it's like oh no i already cleaned this area it's very ominous like, yeah it's, it's, it's i'm just like what, what are you up to you're, no, you're you're right about the newer roombas being way quieter like that that was the thing when we ran our i7 for the first time mm-hmm. i was like is this thing even like is it working like do yeah. we get like a broken vacuum but no they're they are a lot quieter and you're right they're not i guess they're they're smarter slash more energy efficient whatever you want to call it about the way that they operate yeah but does yours have a camera on it because mine does and i don't like that at all <laughs> mine has a camera and a light that's always on because the whole because th- mine has the poop promise where <laughs> like it, it will allegedly not eat cables it still eats cables yeah I bet. um where it and, and the th- that's the thing where this is, this is a weird story where i had like my windows open and i have ceiling to floor windows in a certain area and it like i was setting it up at nine o'clock and it has this bright headlight and i was like what on earth do the neighbors think i'm doing like like shining a flashlight into their apartments where i'm just trying to set up this robot vacuum cleaner and but no it's got a it's got a camera on the front of it which is that's the part where coupled with the fact that hey uh fun 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 fact amazon bought, mm. bought them so now amazon has listening devices in every room in my house and also they have a room they have a they have a thing on wheels that can follow me around uh while i may or may not may not be dressed i I don't know it's just it it i that's too much surveillance for me maybe but yeah but the j7 it's quieter and it's more deliberate it's a little bit ominous because it will keep moving but stop vacuuming i'm happy i got it ish but this is coupled with last week's chef special which is the um dyson v10 mm, or whatever mm-hmm. uh, this having a nice stick vacuum and then having a roomba that's automated to fill in the gaps i think for a living space with hardwood floors is a really good combination um the one thing about the j7 is the while the vacuum itself is quieter than the 690 the self-emptying part 
sounds like it's like fleet week and you're yeah. and, and you're by the marine like it it is so fudging loud it it, it oh my god oh uh, yeah the i the i7's like that too like i i cannot i like i it's just it's it's unfathomable how that small thing can make yeah. so much noise well and you'll i don't know if you've had this happen yet but when the bag inside starts to get full oh i don't know how to empty it <laughs> <laughs> well i does it tell you I I thought it's supposed to tell you our i7 never does though. What it does is it it just tries to empty the robot like multiple times. Mm-hmm. So it makes that really loud sound like over and over again. So it's, it's still only doing that once. Okay. Each time. So you so, so you're it's, okay. it's not full. But yeah, okay. So when the, when the bag gets full, at least in our case, it just basically tries to empty itself like over and over again and isn't able to, so it makes that crazy loud sound repeatedly, which is not great. Got it. Um, yeah, the, the, the thing that I really like about ours, which is, I'm sure the same with yours is the, the mapping stuff is surprisingly good and they, they've continued to like iterate on, on that where they map out like where rugs are in your, Mm -hmm. in your house. So I, I think you can actually even set it up to like just vacuum, you know, those specific areas. You can also set up other like little mini zones where like for us you know in our living room we underneath where um like our underneath our kitchen island i guess it is there's like a specific zone we have set up where like you know food gets dropped and and whatever there and so we can have the Roomba just clean that smaller area which Mm -hmm. is pretty cool or conversely you can tell it not to clean an area so like we have like a baby swing also in the living room and the first time that we ran the Roomba after we set that up, the Roomba got stuck on it. And, you know, with the, with the older models, including the, a second Roomba that we have that we've had forever, that we have vacuum our family room, which is down a step where, you know, the i7 can't reach. If you don't want it to go into a particular area, you've got to set up those little, like, virtual barriers. Yeah, the barrier things. Yeah. But now with these newer models, you can just go to the map and draw, like, a little square and say, hey don't go here and it does how does it know well it just it it just i mean it, the robot knows where it is in its space and so but it how just, i why well, like, i think it's distance from where like it's it's dock yeah. and it's somehow i huh. okay i've always just assumed it's just distance from where it started yeah interesting yeah that's that would make you think that it would clean more smartly yeah like because it has like that's the thing where like it just it's it slows down like you because again you, I just maybe 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 I just need more maybe I need a kid I see more interesting stuff going on in my life but like sometimes you'll be like you'll just turn your head away from Lightroom and you'll just like watch it clean and it's it slows down it starts being super methodical about something it's doing and you're like oh wow you're really smart and then it will just full speed into the bookshelf like it's I I, I don't know what and that, therefore I don't really trust it to be like hey uh, like Alexa ask the Roomba to clean the kitchen I I don't think it'll I just don't trust the robots. Well, you know, as a, as a sidebar, maybe Amazon buying a iRobot, the the thing that they can fix are those... oh the Roomba skill doesn't fucking work. Yeah, no, it, it's when it when it works, it's one of the best uses of Amazon's voice assistant. Like it, it actually like is legitimately really convenient. But when it doesn't work, it's it's so frustrating. Alexa, ask Wally to clean the kitchen. Uh, please go into the Alexa app to fix the skill. Like, you, you're right. Every- yeah. Well, no, the the thing that the thing that I don't like is you can you can tell it to go home. So like for mm-hmm. us the use case is, you know, we go for a walk, have to have the Roomba start going, and if we get home before it's done with its current job, we want it to stop and go home. Yeah. And 
there's a bug where sometimes you tell it to go home and it just it goes home and that it's great. Other times you tell it to go home, it pauses the current job, but then just stays where it is. And then you have to tell it to go home a second time, and then it does. Well, it's because they bought one medical, so they want you to be able to, <laughs> like, again, it's, it's you know, you got to gotta keep, gotta keep making money. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Roomba is, um, it's not a perfect analogy. It's, it's quite, sort of like the Philips Hue of smart home stuff it's where least, it's, it's least crappy. <laughs> it's the, it's the least crappy. Like it's, it's good, but in some ways it's only good because everything else like it's not nearly as good. Yeah. All right. Uh, this, I don't think, I don't have anything to say about the Apple stuff. Do you? There's an Apple event next week. I don't um, know anything about it. Do you have a, do you have any? No, it's a, it's a pretty, I think it's going to be a pretty st- standard cycle i mean the mini being swapped out for a max size non-pro phone that is kind of interesting but we already know about it Um, so so this is going to be supposed to be a a third year like usually it's a it's a tiktok cycle it's going to be a tiktok talk cycle where the 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 rumors are that the uh, the pro phones are the only ones that are going to get an updated processor. And instead of having, so with the 13, they got the smaller notch and on the 14, alleged the 14 pro allegedly, there's going to be kind of um, the whole punch cutout that uh, like the galaxy S 20 and beyond have had. Um, and there's going to be kind of like a lozenge thing next to it for the face ID sensors. So you have a notch, but you kind of don't have a notch. I mean, whatever. And then this is going to be one of the first years where the mid-range phones allegedly do not get the latest processor. But other than that, like, I don't know if there's anything that interesting. Like, the uh, the iOS 16 story is slightly more interesting, but also kind of not. Like, I mean, I don't look at my phone's lock screen. I don't, I don't care that it's going to, like, the lock screen now is like an Apple Watch. Like, that doesn't, that's what I have an Apple Watch for. Yeah, always on display is the rumor. Yeah. So we'll see what they do with that. Yeah, more more differentiation between the the non-pro and pro phones seems to be a big thing. Um, but again, we, we already kind of know all about that, so yeah. it's not really like it's going to be a surprise. I guess like the one sort of unknown is whatever this third Apple Watch is going to be. Like for a number of years now, there's been the rumor that they were going to do kind of like the... Like a G-Shock edition. Like a G-Shock edition. But then just in the last couple of months, those rumors started transitioning towards this being more like an like a Apple Watch Pro type thing where it's going to be like a premium Apple Watch that's also going to have these sort of rugged sports features. So it's going to be... It, it That's mostly interesting because that's like the one thing that we don't know as as much about yeah we'll, we'll see like because just pro the word pro and apple just has become entirely meaningless at this point so yeah i don't know because the, the, the whole point is it's supposed to be like a 48 millimeters like it's supposed to actually be like a physically larger size where the, even though right. through the advent of um larger screens the 38 and 42 have morphed into being 41 and 45 millimeter ones but ultimately the bands have not actually changed so this would be the first time there's actually gonna be like a jumbo model or something like that yeah and there, there's been sort of conflicting reporting as to whether existing bands are going to work mm-hmm. on this new model um the thing that i'm kind of 
apprehensive about is that with my series seven, I'm I have the like the the black titanium, which I I really like the the look of, but the the rumor is that the titanium version's gonna go away and well it's, it's going to become like this pro version which i feel like is going to leave me in the position that i was last year which is not really liking any of the colors on hey, join, the aluminum or stainless steel team stainless steel like the what is it the the graphite or it's because it's not called space black anymore that became tight uh titanium right no eh, it's fine we'll see i, I want i want to black stainless steel one that would be okay well yeah but that's that's what they had forever and then they stopped it this year because they introduced the titanium the titanium ones i used to always have space black and that's why i like an idiot spend an extra 300 dollars on it yeah all right let's wrap it up with some stuff specials well so my mine's an easy one it's one that you you got to experience tonight which is my my uni which I don't think I've made a chef special, I think right? You have, but okay. have I? You, you, well, you, I'm going to make it again then. You can double bake. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I so I have the. I'm going to look this up here. It's the uni karu. Oh, I was going to. So they have pro in the name. Yeah. Uh, they might have one with pro in the name. Um, yeah, it's the uni karu twelve. Um, so they 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 make a few different ovens, including this one. Um like in a larger size and then with mine you can also get a separate attachment where it works with um gas but i i just have the you know out of the box 12 inch version and have had it for i guess like three months now and have have used it a actually a decent number of times especially in over the last few weeks and it's 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 just it's fun like we we were talking about this earlier tonight like it's it's very very much like the espresso thing where you know you're not it's the process process. like you're not doing it because this is like the cheapest way to make pizza you're not doing this because it's the easiest way to have pizza you're doing it because (laughs) it's you know it's it's just it's a it's a fun it's a fun thing to do Um, and you get to say launch so and you get to say launch right um yeah and it's it's been it's been fun um and there's you know there's there's lots of different sort of parts to to making pizza and including the the launching into the oven and what you got to actually be a part of today which is like making your own dough like that was the first time that i i did that i don't realize i i got to drink wine and do it a whole <laughs> lot of things, so sure and there's like a whole you know science behind that and um yeah it, it's been it's it's been a lot of fun and it, it's also similar to the espresso thing it's it's been gratifying to get better at it Mm -hmm. because like well because it's 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 progress it's it's not just progress that you can see and taste but it's progress like you you just know when you're doing hey this turning out better yeah and that just it's a very self-satisfying feeling yeah or like i I was telling you about how the first couple of times i made pizzas i didn't realize that you were supposed to let the dough come up to room temperature and so i was trying to stretch the dough when it was still cold and it was super like frustrating and slow you end up with a six inch pizza yeah that took you 40 minutes to put together mm-hmm. whereas now it's you know knowing that you're supposed to let the dough come up to temperature it's quick and easy to do and like that was really satisfying to mm-hmm. to figure that out so so yeah pizza ovens are a lot of fun nice and uni i know i i'm sure you get into like 
the you know, the hardcore r slash pizza there's there's probably people who are kind of anti uni because it's too commercial or whatever i, I think but... they're they're getting more on board with it because I, I feel like they have um like they have plants like they have people who are like social media people that are on it because there's some really highly produced videos I figure, i'll send you a link to some guy who has an uni and he has very 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 good pizzas but his, his videos that he makes are a little bit too hyper like too produced where it feels like it might mm. be a scam or it might, it might be like native advertising, but got it. It looks very good. Because with Uni, when you watch their like videos that they produce themselves, like it's it it actually does really seem like you know they care about what they're doing. Like oh, it's sure. not it's not just some like you know glitzy marketing. It's like they actually. I mean, I'm not some like pizza oven expert, but like yeah. I mean, you see that you're looking at the pizza oven right now. Like it's you know, and they're making they're making a thing for a very specific type of customer. Or like that this is not. It's not a mass market product, and, and no. that, that's not a for better or for worse type of thing. But like, it's it's for an enthusiast audience, and eventually, who knows? Maybe Amazon will buy them. <laughs> like, you can have a, a, a take and bake pizza as your one medical appointment. But like, I mean, it's just <laughs> they, it, they they're able to fulfill that market niche right now, and that's cool. Only uh, only if my Roomba can uh, carry my pizza over to me. It's the right size. It it, it is the right size, although. You'd have to put some kind of like cover or something over the room. Roombas get kind of dirty. Oh, they certainly do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I got two minor chef specials right now. So one, uh, your dog has been very, very chill for the past hour and a half of listening to this nonsense where he, he seems pretty zonked out. It only, it only took him three hours to calm down, but it's fine. He was very excited to see his best bud. <laughs> uh, but my chef special, and again, this is more of, I have not rewatched the finale yet, but I, Better Call Saul is a very good TV show. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I put in the show, or that I put in the DM for you to put in the show notes, did you know, because of the time it took to film Better Call Saul, there were, th- uh, there were three Kayleys. So um, Mike's mm. granddaughter, there were three separate actresses that played that and and, and uh, on as the second half of the final season wrapped up, they had uh, they put a thing with uh, Mike Ermentrout and the three different Kayleys on there. I thought that was fun, but I really do sometime this week need to find an hour to rewatch it because I'm still feeling um, not underwhelmed, but like kind of iffy about the finale. And you and you posted a thing in there about how the finale was very very successful, and there, there's some Ringer article about it. And I don't know. Maybe I, I need I need more I need more data points, or I need to rewatch it to see. Like it's still a very very good TV show, but I'm but I'm I was expecting something different, or I just I just did not know what to expect. And a, a lot happened with maybe I don't know. I think I'm still thinking. I'm still I, marinating. I guess um, this is something you may have to even like think about because I actually can't really think of any good examples right now either. But like, has there ever been a TV show that you've really liked? that's ended well like where you've seen the ending and have been like yeah they they really like they nailed that mad men i'm joking no it, it ends up with him <laughs> inventing say, the, what ends up with him inventing the coke <laughs> yeah commercial. right um like I, I i can't think i can't think of any show that i've really been into that i really loved the ending of oh now i gotta think about that yeah no think I, think about it i feel like there kind of maybe was like break like i thought well, no, better. But Breaking Bad, break, I did. I did not like it. It got too violent. And great. Like I, the whole. Like, yeah, I didn't know. 
No, I disagree. No. No. I, I thought it did well up until maybe the last couple of episodes. I don't know. The, I, the more I think about Better Call Saul, the more the more I think I like it. Yeah. Anyway, people should go. I don't know. If, if, you, if, you, if somehow you're listening to this and have, after tens of hours of listening to us talk about it, you did not watch it, go go take a sick week and go watch it. Now, now how do we how do we end this? I can't just like I was hang, s- I can't I can't hang up on you. Well, I was gonna say we could just. All right, we're, we're hitting stop.